Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a co-host for the podcast and also a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. I am joined by former UCLA linebacker, Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? Doing good, man. Well, it's not too bad up here. UCLA is rolling. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Where's your hoodie at, Josh? No. Actually, I could have used a hoodie yesterday, but... I heard I heard that the, the rain has been it, coming down. It's crazy. Like, it, it was crazy. Like, I was just chilling. I was watching what... Yesterday was Sunday, so NFL games, and then all of a sudden, I was watching the Chargers and the Raiders in my my TV because I have Dish or whatever. So I, it started like messing up, and I'm like, "What's the deal?" And I look outside, and it's like pouring down rain. Um, and then, but I, again, I was watching the game, and they're playing at SoFi, and there was like no rain, so it was just kind of an IE thing, I guess. Um, and yeah, and I know SoFi had the roof open, so. It would have showed it would have came down if if it wanted to, but I don't think it made it out that way. So yeah, it's been it's been kind of weird. We had some rain and we might have some more rain. It's it's weird. Um, but it's still like 85 degrees. Anyways, um, enough about the weather report. Um speaking well, speaking of weather, it was a lot better at the Rose Bowl uh for the UCLA game, obviously, which is what we're here to talk about. Um, the weather was a lot better than week one when it was a hundred and something degrees on the field, but um so better weather uh same result uh if you're a ucla fan um just in terms of performance on the field a better turnout for the crowd off the top of my head i don't remember the number but it was like thirty-three thousand. i talked to some people on twitter who were at the game they said you know the areas around them especially you know some of the season ticket holders um filled out pretty nicely again it wasn't full but when you have that big of a stadium it's it's just not going to be full, and I think people need to accept that. But um, the band put on a crazy show. The uh, the Alabama State band, excuse me, um, put on a show, and that was something fans were excited about. And they got a standing ovation, from what I heard. So uh, nothing but good things um, on the field. If you're a UCLA fan, and also just the show you got at halftime with Alabama State. Um, I'm kind of disappointed. I haven't seen too many uh videos and things from it i kind of want to check it out and see what they did i'm sure they probably played some some bops and whatnot and i know they had um, the dancers and stuff there so a good showing Mm -hmm. overall you had a chance to kind of watch the game anything stand out to you before we get to dtr and charbonnet um i think they just handled business and did what they had to do uh there was uh, there was some talent and a few bounce backs i noticed on um uh, alabama state's team and for a second i was like Oh, this might be a problem, but I mean, the mm-hmm. defense handled it uh, for the rest of the game. And it's kind of like Chip was treating this game as a preseason game. You know, I mean, we're going to touch on DTR and, yeah. and Charbonnet, but it it was like, are we going to be able to handle this? We can handle this. Okay, let's rest everybody <laughs> and, uh, you know, keep everybody fresh for the rest of the season. No, you're you're absolutely right on that. So first of all, it was some people, some people were just disappointed because, they felt this was a team they could have scored 70 points on, and they're just sad that they didn't. And I'm just like, well, you know, okay, so let me get this out of the way real quick. Um, the AP Top 25 poll came out. 
Uh, I talked about last week how UCLA had one vote in the preseason. They had two votes. They didn't have any votes this week, but that's okay. And people are thinking, well, you need to put uh, your foot on the gas and you need to go for 70 against Alabama State 1. I don't think Chip and UCLA were going to do that just because, you know, you're you're hosting an HBCU. You're it's it's you know from a historical standpoint for the for UCLA. You know, there's just a lot of me, and, and you're not looking to blow them out. I mean, you could have, but um, it was an opportunity to exercise your depth, get some guys in. Like, I mean, they got everybody, and they got 88 players. And Chip Kelly said uh, today at Monday's practice, but. Um, it was just a good opportunity. Like you don't need to, you don't need to blow people out. And people are like, well, if if you score seventy points, that will help or impress the voters. I said, I I just the game itself and the opponent, and it's not a knock on Alabama State. It's just you could score forty points, you could score seventy points, and I don't think it's going to sway someone's vote one way or another. There are a lot of teams that in that top like fifteen, there were like three or four teams that lost. Um, that caused some shuffling around i think kentucky went from unranked to like number 12 if i'm not mistaken or they were bottom top 25 team if anything um there's just a lot of moving around and so i think that's why maybe ucla lost the vote if anything not because they did anything wrong but there was just a lot of other reshuffling there's a lot of like shuffling around and different teams you kind of were forced to move up that were also unranked but they had the opportunity to play um ranked opponents and you beat those games or in texas's case I heard something about they, even though I think they got into the top 25, obviously um, holding the score close and almost beating Alabama. Um, I think in a losing effort, they made it into the top 25 this week, which I think is like the first time that's happened since like 2014 or something I saw. But um, yeah, so get that out of the way. That's why UCLA wasn't at least an honorable mention. But again, I think once you get to that, um, Utah, Oregon stretch of the schedule is where your real opportunity to make some noise will come. Um, but yeah, um, Chip Kelly does not play Zach Charbonnet. He pulls DTR in the middle of an offensive drive in the second quarter, and there was panic. And there was panic on Twitter. Um, I thought, I, I'm like, well, what do you expect? I mean, I don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, I guess I can see a little bit for DTR where he gets pulled out in the middle of a series. I think that's a little weird. Um, I think he, the hit, well, there was like a, there was like a hit that kind of looked awkward. That looked a little awkward. They started saying his ankle, yada, yada, but it's all just precautionary. I think if anything, maybe even if it was an ankle and it's just like a little, little something at the moment. Yeah. If that's enough to pull him out, then you just pull him out. But again, I don't think it's any long-term thing. Um, I wasn't at practice today, but DTR spoke to the media on Monday, and that's normally a good sign. That means he's practicing. I'm sure the reporters have him had having had practice um, today. Um, I'll be out there on Tuesday, and I'll get to see for myself if he's moving around fine and et cetera. It sounds um, Chip said before practice, which I usually take with a grain of salt because he says people are available, and that just means they're in the building, um, but not actually practicing or whatever the case may be. So. Um, but he said him, DTR and Charbonnet were available. So they were there. I'm assuming they practiced. I'll have more on that on, on Tuesday. I'll, I'll find out and see it with my own eyes, but, um, I'm assuming those guys are fine. I don't think anything happened with Charbonnet. I just think you're resting your guy for the games that are going to be more meaningful. Not that I guess Alabama state isn't in terms of what, what they want to accomplish long-term. Um, 
I think they made the right move. And Dorian said he was a little disappointed that he got pulled out of the game. And um, to his credit, like his mindset is um, he was expecting to play the full game. All of us knew whether you're at the Rose Bowl or not, that he wasn't going to play the whole game, but that's just the mentality that he has. And he said, there's no conversation, at least Dorian said with him and Chip Kelly of, Hey, we're only going to play you this long or this many. There was no like pitch count, right? It was just, they pulled him when he did. Um, He was a little disappointed about it just because he's a competitor and wanted to continue to compete, but um, was happy to see guys like Garbers get an opportunity with the ball. Um, we'll talk more about those who did get to play in a little bit, but just your thoughts on on some of what happened there with Charbonnet just sitting out in general, despite being in pads, and then also DTR um, playing for as long as he did, play through to the second quarter, um, and just your thoughts on being pulled out randomly, I guess, kind of in the middle of a drive. I mean, I think this goes back to what you are saying about the whole rank thing. As far as like people worrying about being right now, right, you know, running the score up and all that. And I mean, the goal is championship. It's like, what are you ranked at the end? You know, and of course, for Chip, the mindset is every week, your 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 short goal is one and oh, and then your big goal is championship. Mm-hmm. So people have to understand, like, this is the process. And it's like, what's important, you know, the flash of now or, you know, the long term success. So keeping guys like Charbonnet and DTR healthy is the main priority You after you secure the victory. So we mm-hmm. secured the win and keeping your starters healthy for, you know, in the long run of the season when you're starting to play, uh, you're playing SC, you know, you're playing these games that are going to, I would say, matter a little more, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to need your your guys healthy if you want to um, contend for the Pac-12 championship. No, I think that's a good point. Like you want to give yourself and allow yourself the opportunity to at least go into conference play healthy, right? Like that's the biggest thing because how how much more upset would fans have been and been screaming at the top of their lungs or tweeting in all caps if Dorian and Zach Charbonnet do play and then they go down and then anytime for the rest of the season, oh, so-and-so is going to be out for the season or so-and-so is out five weeks. You're because... never going to be able to please these fans. Yes. Exactly, because what you're saying, they, they would go and say, why did you have – the starters right. in versus mm. this note, uh, yeah, no ranked team, yeah. da da da. When you know that we why already didn't won, you, so, why why didn't you save him? Why you know why why would you even bother playing them? Why you know he's hurt now? He's out for the season because you played him in the Alabama State game, and it's like so. No, they're they're never gonna win, and and I, they're just so stuck on whatever. They get caught in the moment, and I get it. That's what being a fan or a fanatic is. Um, so I, I don't blame them for it. And it is what it is. Um, UCLA had, they were like up 31 to seven at halftime. Again, Dorian was out before that. Um, and to your point, you know, the, the wind was more or less secured. Um, it did get a little interesting just because you start hearing during the broadcast, like some of the guys like, oh yeah, so-and-so had it uh, transferred in from here, transferred in from there on the Alabama roster, Alabama state roster. And you're like, Oh, like, like these are guys, you know what I mean? It reminded me of junior college in a way. And again, this is not a knock on anybody, but it was just like, there's bounce back. Guys. Like these are guys, like these are guys who um, can put up a fight. And again, I think their defense only allowed 13 points coming into this game. And then we're, um, I think maybe one and oh, uh, I mean, one and one or two and oh, something like that. But um, yeah, they're one and one going into this game or no, they were two and oh, this was their first loss. So um, it is what it is. But uh, real quick, just to kind of wrap up on the, well, two things. So DTR did talk to the media, like I said, on Monday, he said he was a 100%. 
He's ready to go for this week. He said he could have played. He could have continued to play on Saturday if needed. And he was available, even though Chip Kelly said after the game that he was unavailable. Um, I think a lot of that's just because you don't want to say, oh, we pulled him out because of who our opponent was. Like, I, I just think that's kind of it's just kind of a blanket. Let's just say they were unavailable for whatever reason. Again, I don't know why you would have Charbonnet and pads if, if you know he's not going to play or what goes into that there. But mm. it is what it is. Do you have is there any reason why you think that might be? I mean, it's not like you didn't have enough bodies. There's so many guys that played in the backfield. You never know. And coaches mm. are coaches are do things that are weird. <laughs> I mean, because I, I was thinking about when you were saying you're going to go to practice and check things out. I think uh, mm. a more thing was I definitely when I got there, maybe this the first two years. But at, for practice, we wore blank jerseys. So. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who was practicing and who yeah. was hurt. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wore blank. So it was like defense were blue, offense were white or whatever it was. And it was like uh-huh. no numbers on it. And the only people that wore numbers was scout players. And you'd wear the number of the, the, the player guy, you're yeah. like mimicking, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. But mm-hmm. from a media perspective, unless you really like could tell who yeah. people were mm-hmm. from the distance, then you know who was practicing, who, was, who wasn't. So like at least now with Chip, like if you're, you know, Wow. guys are usually put to the side and everybody has their numbers on and and things like that but you can imagine how chaotic it if people are going out to practice blank blank jerseys i never knew none of the reporters like ben bolton they never told me that they were blank numbers at one point so i don't uh, think I, i'm saying when i was when i was first there i don't think ben was even there yet oh covering yeah covering the uh, team okay yeah maybe you're right wow yeah it's kind of i didn't i didn't know that i didn't know that um I mean, again, I, I would like to think that it would be hard not to know uh, <laughs> where Charbonnet is on the field. Um, but you know how it goes. I like, got practice where the media is at. We're like at, we're like near you guys where you. Yeah, you're going to you're going to know where the yeah, you're going to know what linebackers are practicing. Mm-hmm. But like the, the running backs and yeah. I mean, you know, they're, unless they're on the are, far uh, other side. Yeah, yeah. On the far side. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, I was I was there like every step of the way for you during the first five or six periods of practice like all of your last year like i was practically in the one-on-one drills like you guys were that close to us um yeah, for a long ride, yeah you can hear all the culture points and people getting cussed out and yeah yeah we were <laughs> people messing up we were there for every yeah we were there for everything um for, for the linebacker and that's still the case like we're right there with norton and 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 um you know darius and all those guys so it, it's 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 interesting because it's just there's new people there so it changes it up a little bit but um uh the other point I wanted to bring up real quick is like, what do you think Charbonnet not playing in this game does for his Heisman campaign? Because people are like, oh, he's a Heisman favorite and yada, yada. I'm like, part of me is like, yeah, you don't want to play him. And maybe I don't think there has to be a discussion with Charbonnet because I think Charbonnet is one of those guys who understands the bigger picture. And I mean, you're at UCLA. So the chances of you not knocking, not because of his talent, but just being real, like, it's harder to get a Heisman at UCLA just considering um, everyone's looking at Alabama, you know, all the Mm -hmm. like just in general, but like, what do you think that does? Or is, do you think there has to be a longer conversation there with Charbonnet? Or I think, is it just kind of an obvious like, Hey, we're preserving you. I guarantee him and Foster are talking about NFL and not Heisman. Yeah. I think that's, you know, they got bigger goals than, than just, you know, season awards. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then also at the same time when he's rushing for one fifty two hundred when it comes to these Pac twelve games, I think that's going to turn heads anyway. So yeah, I don't, I don't think 
padding your stats in these preseason games is going to, you know, boost your your Heisman resume when you can have these you know good games versus better opponents coming in the you know Pac-12 play. So I don't think it will be anything big. Mm-hmm. There's no there. There's probably no need for an, a sit down conversation of like, hey, we need to talk to you. So I yeah, you. no, I think if you're if you're chasing stats in the, the day, then you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And it was good to see, like, again, the number of guys they played, 88 guys um, throughout this game. And let me see. Let me pull up the list of guys. Um, we'll start with the quarterback. So Dorian leaves in the middle of the second quarter um, or some point in the second quarter in the middle of a dry offensive series. And we see Ethan Garbers enter the game. He plays a good chunk of time. And one thing I noticed about this is when Garbers is in, a lot of the starting receivers were in cam brown doesn't play um he's still listed like as a number one uh, as a starter among receivers on the depth chart but did not play for a second straight game um logan loya did return he was also doing punt return but um the main thing is um so many other guys got to play at quarterback including garbers but he was playing with the ones for a while like obviously charbonnet's not there dtr's um out and charbonnet's out i mean but uh, that offensive line played that the starting O-line played for a good amount of time. Uh, Hudson Hammerell played. I think Azike didn't play or he played very little if he did play. Um, so it was not only reps for Garbers, who's your number two quarterback, but it was like quality reps just in, in terms of, hey, if DTR goes out like he has in-game reps with the ones like, you know, it's a big deal if you get reps with the ones during practice. But like um or tell me if i'm wrong like does isn't that add it or make it that much more uh, meaningful in terms of reps and quality reps if you're playing in a game with guys who are you know your starters if you get thrown into the game at any given point like you're playing with the guys that that would kind of be that situation for you down the road if that's the case yeah i mean you want your backup quarterback to have a chemistry with mm-hmm. the guys are going to be in if if you know it comes to a situation a game where uh you know, the starter goes down. So it's definitely important and definitely meaningful um, when you're in with the other ones versus coming in with, you know, the mm-hmm. other guys. It it kind of, not his different, but, you know, shows yeah. it means a, a little bit more. A little bit, makes it a little bit, and then it's good for film too, right? And then because that's what you're going to, you know, you may need that for some reason. I think that was one of the things that uh, Chip really made a point of is like, Hey, we got 88 guys in the game, but more importantly, we have 88, you know, we, we have 88 guys we can talk to and say, here's some actual in-game film for you guys. And we're able to have discussions on like, here's how you did, here's what you need to improve on or, or not, you know, maybe, and, and it changes their perspective. And I think someone asked Chip Kelly about it during, um, ahead of Monday's practice was like, Hey, like, does it make it that much more meaningful or like, like, does that, what does that do for the morale of the team um, and guys who are like third string guys, fourth string guys, you know, they don't, sometimes they don't get to play. There's been blowouts in your, and I'm still wondering why so-and-so didn't play in a game. I'm like, damn, you can't put them in a game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. now you have the morale of some of those guys knowing, Hey, we can't get in a game or we have gotten in a game and it's not like completely out of reach for you not like to, to get onto the field. So, um, uh, Chip Kelly gave a few guys and said just to see them smile and be able to participate. Um, there's it, there's nothing like Rose Bowl reps. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for the experience of, you know, it's an experience of a lifetime, but also, and like you said, learning. Uh, you definitely just get better 
the more reps you get and being a Bruin and getting the play in the Rose Bowl, it's nothing else like it. So for, for guys, you know, like you said, for some fourth string guys, either a young guy or an older guy that's been grinding his whole time there mm-hmm. is, you know, those reps mean so much. Cause it's like all the work you've put in for, you know, workouts and practice and you thinking, you know, you, you might be the scout guy that's always given a look and you're finally get a time to, you mm-hmm. know, play in the Rose Bowl. It's definitely awesome. No matter who you're playing, what time it is or what the score is, you know, guys are just happy to be able to step on the field and contribute. And and that's a good point. And that's actually a scenario that took place. So uh, just for the, again, the quarterbacks after DTR goes out, you see Ethan Garbers for a good chunk of time. You see Chase Griffin, who we're a big fan of here on this podcast, get some time. And then Chase Artopius, who is more or less like one of the like main starting like scout team guys get in there. And I, I tell me when you, when they're traveling, they're probably not traveling for another week, like two weeks or so, but, or no, they travel for Colorado. So after this week, but um, like, what is the cutoff for guys who make the trip? Is it like you're taking three quarterbacks or like, you know, well for, I'm pretty sure everybody gets to, Almost everybody or almost everybody travels for the non-conference home game or non-conference away yeah. games. Oh, okay. And then when you start traveling in conference, it might drop to 85 or 75, maybe, maybe 75. So okay. depending it really depends on what's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a lot of times, a lot of, they might travel like four quarterbacks. Cause a lot of times quarterbacks are signal callers during the game or they're doing right. something. Right. During the game, like one of them might be on the headset, one of them might be fake signal signal calling, one of them might mm. be real signal calling. You know, like certain mm. things like that, where like you're gonna bring a, all your quarterbacks. That's a, yeah. that's a position where you can kind of bring majority of your guys. I mean, for linebacker, you're not gonna bring twenty linebackers. You know, mm-hmm. you know, right. or, you know, d- different <laughs> positions are you might bring like two deep and a few extra, or you know, so, something like that. But quarterback is a room is a room where you could probably bring about four guys, um, because they're like I said, like they have a a job kind of beyond playing sometimes. Um, and no, that's a good point because they, you know, even if they're not playing in the game, they're still doing meaningful things for the team on the sideline. But that brings up mm-hmm. a good point in something I didn't think of. Does your, does the play calling or your preparation or what uh, formations and different things, different looks you're able to present during a road game change? Like, Hey, we don't have as many linebackers or or whatever to be doing, um, x y and z like do you notice or do you know the in in college i i wouldn't say it's a problem when you get to the pro level um mm-hmm. like for us for example i think we bring 45 the nfl active is 53 but only 46 or 47 actually dress mm-hmm. and that's when you start getting like okay these numbers it's more crunch time of like okay we can only bring this amount of backups and right. this backup has to be able to play multiple positions i was talking to mm-hmm. uh some guys the other day about it. I was like, yeah, college was so, so much easier because you have so many guys that can dress and so many guys where it's like, you might have a drop off of having to play a, a younger guy versus an older guy, but you mm-hmm. just like, you're always, you always have a body to go in. You're never going to not have a body to go right. in. You know what I'm saying? Where the pro level is just like, uh, Justin Reed, the, the safety for the, the chiefs had to do kickoffs for the chiefs uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. You know, certain things where it's like, okay, like we don't have another, this body or this, this guy so we have to bring someone else but like in college you have a plethora of bodies yeah to be able to go in it's just like i said it's, it could be a experience and and kind of a talent level thing at times of who has to go in 
No, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't think about that um, in that way. So that's uh, good to know and something we'll we'll be keeping an eye out for. Um, let me see. If we can get to a few other things here. Um, again, the, the backfield um, had a lot of different faces in there, which I thought was good, especially for, if, you know, if Charbonnet does have to miss some time for whatever reason down the road or um, just he needs a break or just looking long term to the future. Right. Because I think it's a, almost a pretty safe bet that Charbonnet will be going to the NFL after this season. So um, you see Keegan Jones not only play, but get the start. Um, I thought that was pretty cool for him. Again, that's a guy whose name I've heard of um, for some time since I started covering the football team. And I've always heard of him as one of the faster guys and all this. And I'm like, well, why isn't he playing? And, you know, now he's he's getting his time to play. And I think he's getting some good reps um, off the top of my head. I don't know if he's a junior or a senior or I'm not sure where his eligibility is. I think he read he I don't know. He might have registered his first year and then with COVID. You never so might have years of eligibility guys have anymore. <laughs> yeah, he might have a um, another year or so. Uh, Deshaun Murrow got to play. He's a, I guess, a true sophomore or maybe he's a redshirt freshman because he didn't play last year. Um, TJ Harden from Inglewood not only played, but got his first career touchdown. I thought that was awesome for him. And again, I think he's a guy who can definitely be, um, you know, a one two back for you in the future even 100%. as early as like next year. Um, Colson Yankov did his thing um, and, and got some, some, some different looks and some different things. He was the other guy that they talked to at practice today. And even right. the eligibility question came up with her like, well, you have like one more year left or something, right? He's like, I think I might have two. I think he might've gotten it a year back from him sitting out at Washington or something. So, um, but he's not, he said, he's not looking that far ahead. He's just worried about the season. And I like um, it. And, and yeah, so so he's he's a guy who can be used. And I think it was good. Again, another name that I've heard of so much about and different things. Oh, and great. Really the first great, time to get a good great, look. Great. Yeah. Great, great, great guy, too. Um, and I think with him, it's such a weapon that they haven't even really touched on yet. Mm -hmm. But he's a, a Tyson Hill type guy where he can play like again. He started as a quarterback, could play receiver, mm -hmm. played running back, could play tight end. So he, I think yep. gadgets in the future. I remember at one point they were trying to make uh, an old name, Matt Lynch, who ended up transferring to Colorado mm -hmm. last year. Yep. They were trying to work on him being this kind of gadget guy. And I think Colson Yankoff will potentially in the future yeah. start being that guy. I mean, if again, if they look at the tape or they look like he got good enough looks like you might start exploring some different things with him this season. I mean, they may they may already be doing that. But, you know, again, just with with the way some of these games are playing out early on, I think later on down the road, I think he could be a valuable piece for them. And you talk about like versatility and guys like, you know, maybe you're short at a position when you go on the road. I'm like, you just listed off all the positions he can, he can, he can play any skilled position on offense at that point. And heck, even if he's playing tight end, uh, <laughs> he could do some things on the, the line and protection if needed. So um, the thing is, is like, you think of a utility guy and like my first thought is like, Oh, Demetric Felton. Like, no, like, isn't he like way different in, in body size and type? Like, he's a big boy, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a different type of, of mm -hmm. weapon. Um, because there are things that Felton can do that, you know, that he can't do, but there's things mm -hmm. that Colson Yankoff can do that Demetric Felton can't do, just uh, size and arm, like, you know, being able to throw that opens yeah. up a lot of options. And like I said, you see how the Saints are using Hill, mm -hmm. um, who, you know, will be in at, at quarterback will be in at tight end and these different things. So I wouldn't run it past chip that they already, you know, 
haven't been working on these type of packages just for Colson Yankoff. Yeah, they kind of mentioned that at practice, like, okay, we've, we're we seeing some things now. They kind of asked him, like, is is there a package or any thought of, of maybe getting you back there and doing some sort of a, some passing or some different things? And he said, like, we'll see. He didn't want to get too much away, but I think the thought is there, or at least the, the possibility of it is there. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else uh, there is to talk about. Um, Bowling Green, who they played in week one, I think had an, went seven overtimes against the team i forgot who they played but they lost but just kind of an update on where some of the other teams that they've played uh this season are at um he uh chip had nothing but good things to say and and especially with you, the offense wait, you, you missed you missed you missed one guy too uh who? christian grubb shout out to him oh yeah christian grubb yeah he was a young guy when i came in great kid um and I could just see his maturity and his growth and him getting his, mm-hmm. I think it was his first touchdown. He got his first touchdown as well. Yeah. First touchdown, so, first career, I believe. Yeah. I want to shout, I want to shout him out for that too. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I saw like a photo of him or it was like sent to me by one of our, one of the other reporters I work with where I think he was dealing with an injury or he had like surgery last year. I think like the name isn't too familiar for me because it was almost a guy who was like always sidelined or off to the side um i knew he was a running back but it was just like it was just he was out so long he was just always a guy like you kind of just know he's injured and you almost kind of stop adding him to the injury report because you just know he's he's kind of out for the season um but again yeah i think that's a good point that you you bring him up and i had him on my list here but i think i got lost in in all the colson yankoff stuff that um i didn't get to grab so i'm glad you mentioned that um and then you had a guy like dj justice who had who was a receiver turned defensive back who recorded his first interception um, of his career, I believe. And that was on the final drive with an athletic leap um, there in the end zone too to kind of um, not, I mean, the game was kind of already out of reach, but just to kind of put a bow on that one uh, a lot to the transfer from Washington um, is another guy who, who kind of made an impact in this game. And even last week too, um, he had a forced fumble. Uh, I believe that was his um, first career forced fumble um in this game um but overall so chip kelly was just kind of pleased with everyone's performance um i think the 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 murphy twins got in on some action i think they um had a i think or maybe that was lachu he forced that fumble i think one of the murphys picks it up or maybe that was just a different one altogether but then he tries to like hand it off to his twin i don't know if you saw it, it was it was a forward pass so it, yeah it, they brought it back but they but they were trying to do it. it. It was just funny. They're like, oh, yeah, we like we kind of been working on it. Like, I, I don't think just necessarily the twins, but I think the defense of like just trying to make the most of the opportunities when there's a ball like that. But it's almost kind of dangerous in a way, right? Like you don't want to try and do too much of that if you have the if you're just That's the problem we have up here to the DB. The yeah. DBs are always asking for the ball. And it's like <laughs> if if a, a linebacker or a defensive lineman has the ball, mm-hmm. tries to give it to a DB and loses the ball. Everybody's gonna be mad at him. So you cannot mm-hmm. be mad at a at a big man for trying to just secure the ball and, and you know get down the field and get as many yards as they can get. And I think another guy who had an interception in this one was uh, Jalen Davies, who was a transfer from Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he comes in and he gets an interception, is running it down the field, and he got tackled by like a lineman or something. And and people were like, <laughs> the people, the guys on the broadcast were like, oh, he, he might get teased for that one. I think after the game they talked about it, and they're like, yeah. We gave him a little bit of a hard time about it because he like if he would have gone past like all you gotta do is make a move on the lineman and like he would have been in the end zone so he got hey, I'll a bit. Give it some some lineman are athletic mm-hmm. and can tackle I'll tell you right. that yeah 
So you can't, I mean, you can't doubt the linemen, even if you do a move on them. I mean, they, they got such a, a hey, if they some of, the, some of them on scholarship too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what yeah. I'm yeah, they ex- especially yeah. If, if you're like, yeah, I'm not trying to give up this touchdown. Like, it ain't gonna be on me, right? So it's kind of like the same. It goes both ways. Like, yeah, you're an offensive lineman, but you're like, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna put that on me if he's right in front of me. So, um, it is what it is. I mean, heck, if you have guys um, creating turnovers any way possible, um, I think that's nothing but a good thing. I uh, just one more thing again on Logan Lawyer, real quick. Um, uh, looked like he got in on all the punt return snaps. I didn't. Just I kept hearing his name. I didn't hear a lot of Bobo. Bobo was playing receiver, obviously. Um, we'll see. We'll have to kind of watch and see what they do going forward. But Chip Kelly's like he's a sure hand, a guy who we know uh, is back there is gonna he's gonna get the ball and he's gonna do uh, things the right way. I don't again. I don't think it was necessarily a uh, knock on Bobo, but I think Logan Loya may be that guy at returning punts. Um, anything else before we get to a question or two here from the Twitter folks? No, I think we, I mean, we covered it. I think it's on to week mm-hmm. three. Yeah, it, it was just kind of an easy week. I think just in, not an easy work. I mean, just an easy week in terms of, of just taking what, what this week is, right? Of, of what, or what this past week was. It's just, it was what it was. Um, everyone got out of that game pretty much healthy. Uh, you know, everyone says they're healthy. We'll keep an eye on, on DTR and Zach Charbonnet, but I think everything is good. And it's what you would have expected and wanted. If you're Chip Kelly and that staff, you just want to get out of the game, have it be a clean game, no issues, no problems, you know, get yeah, some reps thumb, for the guys. Thumb, yeah. Thumbs up mm-hmm. all around. Yeah. Like, all right. We handle business. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's move on. No doubt about it. Um, Real quick. Uh, another note here. I'm just seeing, um, so UCLA didn't receive a single vote in the top 25 poll, uh, despite outscoring opponents 90 to 24 through the last two games. It's the uh, it's been five years since the Bruins have exceeded the 90 point mark through their first two games, um, and the defense has also allowed zero points in both second halves um, so far this season. Um, we'll talk more about South Alabama later on, but just off the jump. You know, that UCLA was favored by 24 and a half points and 48, uh, 48 and a half points, respectively, through their first two games. But for whatever reason, I have to look more into this. But UCLA opened up as only a 14 point favorite against South Alabama. Now, South Alabama is two and Um, We'll see. Again, Chip Kelly's going to respect all fear none. So we're not going to be disrespectful to anybody here. But um, are you surprised by that? Only a 14 point. Uh, I had heard that they were like favorited second in their conference or something as well. So like I I don't think that mm-hmm. they are just a pushover team. Mm-hmm. So and if people you know the speculation and the doubt of DTR and Charbonnet's health, you know right. that might be That's factoring true. into it. But but UCLA, I expect them to continue their success and get a victory this weekend. No doubt about it. So real quick, uh, a question from one of my buddies on Twitter who's always a uh, enjoys the content that we do uh Kanal lamar uh checks in with a question and uh you can answer this or go in as depth as you want with this but how long should it take to develop talent before recruiting over them josh if i that... mean you're working on recruiting every year mm-hmm. i don't think it's a it's a it's a thing of when but it's 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 gonna happen you mm-hmm. know it's not an if but when type thing i guess you'd say um yeah because Injuries happen, mm-hmm. and this isn't like a professional level where you can just pick up a free agent next week. Right. You know, what you start with is all you got. 
So um, like you're going to get new classes and recruiting every single year. Mm-hmm. So it's not a wait and develop type situation. It might be, it might be how long do you wait before, you know, you need to make an adjustment of who's you know playing time and who's right. ahead of who, but you're going to be recruiting and bringing in the best talent you can get every yeah. year. That's the goal. That's the goal of every recruiter is to bring in the, the best kids they can bring in. No doubt about it. You want to get the best guys in regardless of what you have going on. So you can at least have yourself in the difficult situation of having this decide on two good guys at a position, right? Like, um, and having that depth there. Um, so good question from Lamar. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that kind of answers that there. Um, real quick, before we wrap things up, we talked about um, Roderick Robinson last week and the whole thing about recruiting. He's still committed, still committed to UCLA, but he went off for like 450. 45 yards and eight touchdowns in his last game eight on times. Friday. And, and um, Foster just like tweeted out the stat line. Didn't put a name or nothing. Cause you know, whatever didn't, you know, when you're in season, I read, I read the stat line and I was like, is this the rushing totals for the first two games? Nope. Like I was a little, I was <laughs> like, Oh, this is, this stat line is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I saw the highlights. I said, Oh, mm-hmm. this man child is insane. Yeah. He's, he's crazy. And a guy you want on the backfield. So hopefully UCLA does everything they can to keep him locked in, but still locked in. Um, and hopefully it stays that way. And he's, I think sitting at the top of the recruiting class for UCLA, if I remember correctly, but um, just with an, I know Deshaun cannot wait to get his hands on him and, and just kind of coach him up and, and whatnot. So he, it should be fun. But I mean, like I like we've said before, I think mm-hmm. Coach Foster is like the number one running back coach that you can want to play for. And that being said, he's been developing guys, and that's why he's had a stable these past like mm-hmm. four four years really of just having guys that he can rotate through, develop, and then it's like they take over when one leaves and somebody moves up. You know, it's like a mm-hmm. continuing process. No doubt about it. And with that said, we'll be checking out here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you guys have a good one and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks again, Josh. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.